This episode is full of spoilers and contains some not-so-super language. Citizens, welcome to the Fortress of Potitude. I'm Dave Michaels. I'm Brian Betts. And we are the Cape Podcasters. And this is the show where Boston makes me feel good. Love it. It's the best part of that song, man. Love it. It's the best part of that song. It absolutely Everyone's always is. like, who are you going to call? It's like, no, no, fast forward. Boston makes me feel good. So good. It's so, so good. Ray fucking Parker fucking Jr. That's right. So good. Careful. So good. Careful with fucking Jr. Arnold Schwarzenegger's not in this thing. <laughs> that's true. Neither is Danny DeVito. Thank God, but not. But also not. Yeah, that's complicated. I'm conflicted about what I want now in life. <laughs> I don't think you need to make any changes to this movie, and there are changes that could have been made. Oh, we will get there for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Today, it's my birthday. Happy birthday. Thanks, man. My pick this year was Ghostbusters because I care about you, the listeners. I'm like Brian, who on his birthday does Power Rangers stuff. I love you all. Yep. I appreciate each and every one of you, and I want you to know that. That's why we're doing Ghostbusters. And and I appreciate that you love them, and I love those of them that love Power Rangers. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like you're talking to a very small listenership there. I don't know about that though, because I'm not sure. I think there's like a closeted area of Power Rangers lovers who they still like. Whenever they get in a fight on the street, they try to punch someone in the chest. Yeah, and they're like, "Why didn't he go away? Oh, wow, I didn't he dissolve <laughs> when I punched him right in the Z? That's what? right. <laughs> don't wear Z's on your chest. You're gonna get hit. Sometimes, sometimes you get in a street fight and you just mumble under your breath. It's morphin time. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> just to be sure you're at full capacity, you, you know. You have to know. You have to know. Today's also a really big day for me and you personally. Yes. We got vaccinated today. Yeah. I ain't afraid of no covid. That's right. I finally let the covid in me. <laughs> Consensually. <laughs> just the tip. Just for a sec. Right. Just see how it feels. Just to see how it feels. But so, now I feel like invincible. So far, pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. This is great, man. This is a celebratory day. It Birthdays is. and vaccines. Oh, just two of the greatest things to happen today. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we are talking Ghostbusters from 1984, directed by the, the Ivan fucking Reitman. Of no strings attached fame. That's right. That's what he's most known for, <laughs> that's, of course. That's the one with, I can never remember which one is. I think that's the one with Ashton Kutcher and Natalie Portman. You got me. They're the same thing in my mind. <laughs> As they are with everyone else's mind too, I think. They're the they came out the same year. It's crazy. It is wild. He did other movies too, I think. He's done a lot of other things. Yeah, Brian. Yeah, yeah. Stripes, Twins. Like we. Oh no, we didn't even mention Twins. We mentioned, we mentioned Junior. The other, we, junior, we went with. Which is like, do you yeah. know that they were? There's like a development hell for triplets. The sequel to Twins. Leave it there. Do you know who the third triplet is? I regret saying leave it there now because I'm just so curious. Who? Eddie Murphy. Son of a bitch. <laughs> How can we get this out of development hell? I don't know. It's been there since 2015, 2016. That's way too recent. Yeah. I was expecting. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, Josh Gad is one of the writers on it. So I'm in. I have so many questions. Sold. But yeah, I'm, it sounds wonderful to me. Other movies Kindergarten Cop, Six Days, Seven Nights, Evolution, 
one we talked about, my super ex-girlfriend. That's right. They seem to be getting worse as they go. Man, I can't use head and shoulders anymore without thinking about the movie Evolution. I've never seen Evolution. It's very good. Okay. Sort of. Ah, there it is. It's a movie. Yeah. That is mildly entertaining until it's great. And then it's not. I think you know where I'm going with it. Okay. It's one of those. Oh, I <laughs> I see what you're saying. Right. Yeah. This is his masterpiece. Well, absolutely. I yes. Mean, and I love Stripes, but this is his masterpiece oh, for sure. I don't think anybody's going to debate us on that. No. And it's also, it, it doesn't hurt that it's written by Dan Aykroyd, Harold Ramis. Right. You really can't go wrong there. No. And this thing kind of falls in like the sweet spot of 80s comedies because leading up to this, you did have- in the late 70s, Animal House kind of led the way. National Lampoon's, right. all those different writers, how you get like Doug Kenny and you get Chevy Chase and John Belushi and then Bill Murray comes in the mix. And then obviously SNL starts to become a thing right. around the same time. Starts 75, but not, not important. It grows out of that. <laughs> and you get Dan Aykroyd popping out of there. Then you get like the Blues Brothers as, as oh, him and Belushi break yes. away. But at the same time as Blues Brothers is happening, you get Chevy Chase and you get Bill Murray and Harold Ramis directing Caddyshack. Right. With Rodney Dangerfield and Ted Knight. Fucking masterpiece. Man, what a and great Brian Doyle time. Murray. Hell yeah. Great time for comedy. It really was. And then I always think it really came to a head with Ghostbusters because you combined the two separate groups. Yeah. And it unfortunately took John Belushi's death to do that, even right. though he's supposed to be in this movie. And he sort of is. We'll get there. We will get there. <laughs> but this really is the pinnacle of 80s comedy. Absolutely. Where it's incredibly smartly written and they finally got money. Right. And oh boy, did they show that. They're like, hey, we can do what we want now? Neat. It is neat. Let's go nuts. Yep, and they did. Do you just want to get into this one? Because there's a lot. There is a lot. So I think we should just get right into it. First things first. No. No, 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 no. Birthday. Veto. Dave. Vetoed. It's your birthday. So I wanted to tell you, I have no actual IMDb trivia facts for this movie. I was waiting for you to say, like, I have nine. Zero. <laughs> Not a single one. Were they all too good? There was like 216 IMDb trivia facts so on you this got lazy. movie. I read every single one <laughs> okay. of them and went, none of them are dumb enough. It's a brilliant movie. So, apparently, it attracts a brilliant IMDb trivia submittal group. <laughs> sure. <laughs> we open... On the New York City Public Library. There's an old librarian lady walking through the library, doing librarian stuff. Right. And around her are all sorts of ghostly shenanigans. There's books floating across shelves and card catalogs suddenly becoming very uncatalogued. Right. The Dewey Decimal System goes wild. It is Dewey That's not a thing decimated. I want to see. Dewey Decimal System's <laughs> gone wild. <laughs> Some sort of like weird librarian. Like... Sex thing after dark. Yeah. It's like three in the morning and, and the infomercial comes on. And it's like, do you like books that are all out of order? <laughs> <laughs> this book, it's in nonfiction. <laughs> keep staring and licking lips. <laughs> I like this book a lot, but do you have it in hardcover? Oh, God. Oh, oh. <laughs> I didn't expect to react like that. <laughs> it was the eye contact, I think. That's what did it. Well, if all the librarians are busy, you could always go to the self-help section. That's where a lot of people belong. Unfortunately, they should not be procreating. Just helping themselves. That's right. The librarian sees something off screen that makes her scream. 
It's an off-screen caused scream. Right. The best type of uh, scream, in my opinion. Yeah. Because it leaves the mystery. I hope it lasts. <laughs> That's right. Cut to the Paranormal Studies Laboratory in Weaver Hall at Columbia University, which, you know, they weren't supposed to use the name of the university, but they were like, let's do it, it anyway. <laughs> fuck it. I'm pretty sure that's how they went about a lot of this movie. Was, Love it. Fuck it. Yep. Dr. Peter Venkman, played by Bill fucking Murray. Has he ever been on this show? I think this is our premiere of Bill Murray. Finally. Wow. It took about 126 episodes too long. I completely agree. And before we even get going with this, I want to bring up one of our Facebook comments. It's from oh, Derek Ives. This is quick. He wants to know, wed, bed, behead. <gasps> Already? Bill Murray in Ghostbusters. Ooh. Bill Murray in Caddyshack. Ooh. Or Bill Murray in The Life Aquatic with Steve Zizou. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. That's a hard one. It is a hard one. Okay. Hardcover one. Hey, I said you did library humor. That's right. I think um I think Ghostbusters Bill Murray is is getting the bed. You think so? He just seems most ready for it. He seems confident. Yeah, that's true. He knows what he's doing. Right. Well, that that leaves me with two other options, huh? Sure does. I think I want to kill Caddyshack Bill. Why? If anything, he should be the Cinderella story of this. You think? Yeah, I watched him at the ball wash. Oh, that's looking true. at the old ladies. Oh, <laughs> hold on. You know what? I'm gonna bump. I'm gonna bump Caddyshack Bill Murray to the bed, and I'm gonna I'm gonna put Peter Venkman in, into the the wed, and I'm gonna kill Steve Zizou. Is because the hat, the it's red mo- hat. It's mostly the hat. Fair enough. It was tough. It was tough. I, I don't like having to kill off a Bill Murray. Hey man, like I love the rules to, here. I love to bed and wed all of them. I would too, but <laughs> well, you still can. You still can. All right. Just one's illegal, like very illegal. Don't do dead people. I can't stress that enough. Don't that's, do it. That's fair. I shouldn't have to say it, but I feel like I need to say it. Yeah. For this one especially with a dead Bill Murray in the room, don't touch him. <laughs> it's part of the game. Wed bed we had. Derek Ives, thank you. <laughs> yeah, thank you for that. Vegman is doing an absolutely shocking study on ESP with a pair of students. <laughs> yak, 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 yak. <laughs> he keeps uh, zapping the nerdy dude for guessing the picture on the card wrong. But he claims the pretty female is getting every single it's one right. It's everyone right. So there's that. The nerdy dude gets pissed and he leaves, and then Venkman kind of moves in on the other student. And that's when Dr. Raymond Stans, played by Dan fucking Aykroyd, shows oh, up. Oh, God, he's so good. Oh, he's he's amazing. Yeah. He's pretty excited about a free-floating, full-torso, vaporous apparition that's been witnessed by 10 people at the New York Public Library. So they're going to go check that out. Man, Dan Aykroyd. Is a treat. Absolutely. I don't know anyone who could work words like he does. And with like that energy that he brings to it all the time, it's just phenomenal. Almost has like a childlike wonder in this entire movie. This one especially. Yeah. Like he's on another level in this movie. It's so good. At the library, Venkman and Stans are joined by Dr. Egon Spangler, played by Harold fucking Ramis. Amazing as always. And the three men investigate the ghost sighting together. They find ectoplasm and weirdly stacked books and really high readings on the PKE meter. <laughs> I love how Bill Murray's like, wow, it's not like a human could stack books this good. <laughs> but I also like how Bill Murray is, uh, he's a scientist. Yeah. He's a doctor, professor, whatever he might be. And I like how standoffish he is yeah. about all of this. How He just is kind of going along with he's it. He's got a, a certain cynicism to him that's just wonderful. It's amazing. <laughs> 
I feel like that's a that's a trait you could have as a scientist. It's like, no, you gotta you gotta prove it to me. Science, man. Well, sort of, and we'll get there. <laughs> and then they finally come across a g- 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 ghost. It's amazing. It's so good. And I like this ghost, how it shushes them. Yep. She shushes them. Great. It is a library after all. <laughs> and Ray comes up with a plan. He's like, all right, we're gonna inch up real close, and then I'm gonna say, get her. <laughs> it's so good. And that's the plan. She gets all spooky. They run out of the library. That's right. So that ghost is still free, still yep, roaming the, still the halls. hanging out at the library. <laughs> right. They got pictures of it, though, now. I don't know if ghosts show up on film. That's true. Obviously, on this film, they do. I get that. But right. I'm talking the film within the film. The, the film. Incepta film. Gotcha. Don't know. We would have to ask Leonardo DiCaprio. He's just spinning tops, man. He doesn't have time. All right. Then go to Joseph Gordon-Levitt instead. I don't want to. All right. Hard stop. Done. Because at the end, he's going to go, I'm Robin. I'll be like, fuck you, Joseph Gordon. I'm not even talking about that right now. Come on, man. Nobody asked. Nobody asked if you were Robin. Nobody. (laughs) Laziest retcon. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to just add a post-credit scene where his middle name is Robin or something? (laughs) And then people will be like, wait, was he Robin the whole time? He just goes like, I wish they would call me by my birth name, Penguin. And be like, what the hell is that even? What? <laughs> it might as well have been. Yeah. That movie's ridiculous. It's um, stupid, and I don't care for it. The only DC movie you'll ever hear Dave Bash. <laughs> Hate it. <laughs> the guys go back to Columbia, and they find the entire Paranormal Studies program has been cut, and they've all been fired. I like this scene a lot also because they're walking outside of Columbia, and- was like, you don't understand how it is on the outside doing private practice. They want results. <laughs> so good. We recognize, like, wait, we have a garbage job here. This was great. This yeah, is cushy. We could do whatever we wanted. Right. Venkman convinces Ray that they should go into business for themselves with the ecto-containment system that they've been working on. So naturally, they go to the bank. Yep. They, they, <laughs> they take out how many mortgages I, on the house? I want to say it's the third mortgage. On, on Ray's house? Right, at 90%. You didn't even negotiate. <laughs> and they use that to buy the hook and ladder number eight building as their office space. I love it. it needs a lot of work, but it's got a, it's got a pole. It so. does have a pole, and Dan Aykroyd loves that pole. He loves the pole. It's so good. Well, that sounded weird. It, the way you said it sounded <laughs> weird. Yes. Fire pole. Is that better? Nope. Nope. Not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> the table's set. You just... I don't know. You're slapping library cards on that table right now, and it's it's getting gross. Tell you the truth, Dewey Decimal Gone Wild. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> who was the creep behind the Girls Gone Wild thing? He used to be like a big deal. Now he's just not. I don't know. What do you think he's doing? Dis- I don't know. Is he actually a never nude? Because that would make me very happy. <laughs> just wearing jorts everywhere. Yeah. It's Joe Francis. Cool. He's got two kids. Oh, fun. His website is meetjoefrancis.com. Uh, of course it is. Of course. He somehow has a wife who, oh no, a partner. I shouldn't say a wife. She's smart enough not to lock that up. <laughs> the first thing I see is, is Girls Gone Wild founder Joe Francis still in jail? Oh, okay. Well, there we figured it out. That's, we might have figured it out. That's what he's up to. God, his hair looks like a Pete Wentz that somehow just needs to get punched in the Z chest. <laughs> If you guys want to have an interesting read, look up Joe Francis's legal troubles on Wikipedia. It's insane. Absolutely. There's prostitution and him self-representing himself in trials and blackmail where he got forced to disrobe at gunpoint for humiliating videos. And now he might be in Mexico living with his children and his partner. And also he did time served in the jail and 
there's contraband, so they got more time. And also, we ended up calling juries slow, like mentally, and telling them to get euthanized and stuff. It's weird. Wow. It is wild. That is all over the place. Now, believe it or not, the guy who did Girls Gone Wild might not be a good person. Well, you know, I had my suspicions. Do, 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 do. <laughs> the more you know. Wow. Yeah. It's a read, lot. Go read this article. It's nuts. But Ghostbusters. But Ghostbusters. <laughs> Speaking of nuts. <laughs> Meanwhile, at an apartment building right next to Central Park, Dana Barrett, played by Sigourney fucking Weaver. Oh, yeah. Not Susan Sarandon. Famously not Susan Sarandon. Right. She never has been. Never has been. Never <laughs> will be. I'm them blind, though. I have to. You are them blind. Make sure it's known. She gets home with a bag of groceries. She's walking through her apartment building trying to get to her apartment, and she's stopped by her neighbor, Lewis. Rick fucking Moranis. I don't think fucking is enough here. But oh, I, my God. I don't know what else to do. It's Rick fucking Moranis. He's so good. In a role that I think could only be played by Rick fucking Moranis. I think you're right. He's the only one who can pull off this weird little dude. <laughs> Lewis Tully, man. So good. So good. He invites her to a party, and he locks himself out of his apartment. It's a great gag. It's a very good gag. Dana finally gets inside her apartment, and she's a commercial on TV for Ghostbusters. Hey, how about that? That's silly. <laughs> Ghosts. She goes to put away her groceries, and her eggs launch out of the carton. They start and cooking. Spontaneously cooking. On the island. On the countertop, yeah. The peninsula. And that's, that's awesome. That's awesome, and also not what you want from your eggs. No, you want to keep them in egg form as for best as, you can. As long as, as possible. Well, as long right. as you want them in that form. Yeah. And how does how do the eggs know how she wants them cooked? I don't know. They just assume rude. Sunny side creepy. Sunny side creepy. I like that. Go to an IHOP. <laughs> sunny side creepy and see what happens. They're gonna like seat you next to a window on a hot day and just start <laughs> smashing eggs on the table. <laughs> and they're gonna look at you and say, "Good one, funny guy. Good one. I've seen Ghostbusters too, fuckhead." Did you see the first one? <laughs> We'll get there. I can't believe I'm saying that. <laughs> Dana goes to a refrigerator, and when she opens it, it's a portal to another dimension. Yeah, I get it. Inside is a terrifying dog-like creature that roars, Zool, and she slams the door shut. That could have been what Jack Donaghy was looking for in the series <laughs> finale of 30 Rock. Definitely. <laughs> Missed opportunity, really. Ray manages to pick up a 1959 Cadillac Miller Meteor hearse. Which may need even more work than the building does, but they have a Ghostbuster mobile. They do. It's the Ecto One. Ecto One. It is one of the great cinematic cars of all time. It's very cool. It is so incredibly iconic. Oh, absolutely. It was almost going to be black, but then they were like, "There's a lot of night shots in this movie. Maybe, maybe, maybe not, don't do that. Maybe not have a black car." Right. The Ghostbusters have also employed Janine Melnitz, played by Annie Fucking Potts, as their secretary, and she hasn't been very busy. She has not been very busy at all. They're not getting any calls. She's making conversation slash flirting with Egon, and she asks him if he has any hobbies. <laughs> and he's like, I collect spores, molds, and fungi. Boom. That's hot. I am fully erect <laughs> right now. This guy gets it. Right. <laughs> Splash. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> Dana shows up at the Ghostbusters headquarters looking to talk to somebody about the wacky stuff that's happening in her apartment. She saw the commercial. Makes sense. It's a good thing that that commercial played right on time. Yeah. It's the most conveniently timed commercial probably in the history of, of film. Especially because okay. she didn't even know she left her TV on when she left. Also a problem. <laughs> Venkman literally jumps the chance to help her. 
Because of course he does. Of course he does. It's a lady. And he loves him some ladies. He sure does. And he almost doesn't clear this wall when no, he, he jumps not. it. And every time I watch this movie, I'm like, <gasps> is he going to make it? <laughs> and I know he is because it's a movie. It's done. It's, right? it's happened. But man, he almost doesn't. It's frightening. Bothers me to this day. I get it. So Dana tells all of the men about her experience. And they're like, wow, maybe she's crazy. Ray theorizes it could be uh, past life experiences. Egon suggests erased memories from the collective unconscious or telepathic contact. And she's like, I don't believe in any of that. And Vegman's like, neither do I. I should go do our standard procedure for cases like yours and, and investigate your, your apartment. Want to go back to your apartment and check you out. I mean, check out your apartment. Right. Not subtle at all. She catches on to that one pretty quickly. Yeah. I do like Ray's saying, like, I'm going to get the structural details of your building, find out what's going on. It's like, yeah, that's the first place I'd go. Yeah. And Egon is like, I'm going to look up the name Zool in our usual literature. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I like how they all have a role. Yeah. One of them is much creepier than the others. You thought those eggs were creepy. Side <laughs> up. Oh, boy. Wait until you're you, letting Bill Murray in your apartment. Wait until you get a load of his ghost sniffer. Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> Not a euphemism. Right. <laughs> Venkman and Dana go back to her apartment, and he uses the ghost sniffer to try to find clues. I don't know. I don't know how this thing works. I don't know. Unless there's like a ghost that's called a muff. I don't know what he's actually <laughs> looking for. Oh, boy. Dana's a musician, and as he walks by her piano, he plays the top two notes really high, and he goes back and forth on them. He's like, oh, ghosts hate that. It's so good. It's great. He uses the guise of investigating the apartment to ask Dana if she lives alone. She does. And then he tries to investigate her bedroom, and she says, oh, nothing ever happens in there. And he says, that's a crime. Ah, uh, he should get thrown out. This is a character. Get him out. Yep. Get him out. She's like, you don't seem like a scientist. You seem more like a game show host. Which is perfect. Which is amazing. It's the best description of Bill Murray that's ever been dropped, it's ever. a wonderful ad-lib from Sigourney Weaver. That was an ad-lib? Yep. Oh, that's beautiful. I think the original written line was used car salesman. She nailed it. Yeah. He agrees to go look at the kitchen. He's like, you know what? I should go look at the kitchen. That's why it's... you're here. Right. Bill Murray. And she keeps repeating, there. Yeah. Go into the kitchen. The kitchen is where I saw the, the things. He doesn't find anything suspect in the fridge except the pack of Oscar Mayer bologna. And magical Coke cans that rotate to always face the camera. Of course. There's somehow not a Superman version of Cheerios just sitting there, brightly lit in a spotlight in there. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. The product placement. <laughs> she walks away upset that she doesn't have any answers. And Venkman's like, all right, I'm going to come clean with you. I'm in love with you. <laughs> and she kicks him out because, yeah. As you should. Absolutely get this man out of your apartment immediately. He vows to prove himself to her by solving her problem while she physically pushes him out the door. Yeah, and we like Bill Murray. We do. These, this character's problematic. This is a very problematic, charming 80s sex freak Bill Murray. Right. And I, I, I hate it and love it. I don't know how to feel about it. That's where I'm at. Yep. <laughs> As Venkman is walking down the hallway, Lewis comes out of his apartment because he thinks Dana's walking by and he locks himself out again. Because of course. Because of course he doesn't. Man, just give me all of the Rick Moranis, please. There's not enough, but there's still plenty. There's so much, and yeah, not enough. Back at the fire station, Venkman, Ray, and Egon are eating Chinese food. And they make a toast to their very first customer. And Venkman's like, well, you know, I should probably take her out to dinner so we don't lose her as a client. But it turns out that they've spent the last of their money, the last of their petty cash on this Chinese dinner. Right, they're not right doing well. This this business of Ghostbusters TM, I like how they TM'd it. They did. 
it's other the time. makeshift sign. <laughs> yeah, it's a trademark. This and the other three names it might be because of legal reasons. Right. <laughs> TM'd. Janine takes a phone call. She scribbles down some notes, hangs up, and excitedly shouts, We got one! Oh, you gotta hit it just like Annie Potts would. It's one of the best line readings ever. We got one! There it is. God damn it, I, I wasn't love Annie sure Potts. I could I could lean away from the mic enough to do it. Fair enough. But you, you nailed it. I worked with Annie Potts once. You did? I did on a TV pilot that never went anywhere okay. after it. That's fun. Yeah. And Ryan Reynolds produced it. And oh really? boy, was it bad. It was very bad. <laughs> Did everybody know while they were making it that this was going nowhere? I think so. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. And the director was fucking clueless. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> it was like her first time directing, I think, something. And oh, boy, did it not go well. Oh, that's a shame. <laughs> hey, Eddie Potts, sweetheart. Yeah. The team hurriedly dresses, slides down the pole, and takes off in the Ecto-1. I like how you get that. Really jazzy piano music playing, too. Oh, yeah. Elmer Bernstein. Crushing it. Absolutely obliterating it. Absolutely. Oh, man. We haven't talked about him since our Patreon episode of Airplane. Right. <laughs> Believe it or not. And we won't talk about him again until next week. We'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, no, this, oh, yeah, he's he's great. That was a lot of words. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they arrive at the Sedgwick Hotel. Where they're greeted by the hotel manager, who explains that it's getting increasingly difficult to explain away certain disturbances the guests are encountering. I love that. This guy's very snooty. He is, and he wants to make sure that the Ghostbusters are going to take care of the problem discreetly. I love their version of discreetly. I don't think they know the meaning of the word. And that's why. It is wonderful. It's great. The team heads up to the 12th floor and readies their proton packs. A maid walks in the hall and... Ray and Egon both fire at her cart with their, with their <laughs> proton streams. Right. They just fire away right away. I like how they recognize that they have small nuclear reactors on their backs. Yep. Which is great. <laughs> and they decide, hey, maybe we should split up to cover more ground and to prevent what well, that just happened there right. from happening again. And the walls are like on fire. Yep. And I toilet the, paper. I love the housekeeper's reaction. Like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. It's perfect. It's amazing. Also, why is she cleaning rooms that late at night? I worked I, in the hotel industry for a while. That's not happening. That's That seems like an unlikely time unless right. there's some sort of emergency. Checkout is 11 a.m., not p.m. It's a very weird hotel because there's also like midnight buffets happening, so we'll get You're there. right. <laughs> maybe this guy doesn't know how to run a hotel. Maybe he's just- And that's why he deserves ghosts. Maybe he doesn't know the difference between a.m. and p.m. <laughs> that's a possibility. He's just got him flipped. <laughs> Listen, my watch has a 12, and it just keeps going around. And you just want me to assume a.m. or p.m.? No. No. Not going to happen. <laughs> Don't you check out at 11 p.m.? We haven't gone to bed yet. <laughs> Every 11, get the fuck out. <laughs> what a terrible Do place to work. Easy. I'm from Arizona. We don't believe in real time or whatever. <laughs> That's only daylight savings, because they're the normal ones. Yeah, they not. actually, I think they have it right. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I'm finally getting back to normal. Can you normal. imagine, like, a military clock for that guy? It's at 1,300 hours. Yeah, well, you can go suck my dick. It only goes 12 <laughs> to 12, asshole. <laughs> oh, 1,300? Yeah, I guess you're good then, because it's after 11. <laughs> right. <laughs> what do you mean a broken clock's right twice a day? <laughs> On military time. <laughs> You get once. You get you one better shot. make it count. If you don't get it, fuck man, eight mile. <laughs> That's what that is. 
<laughs> oh, you'd be covered in mom's spaghetti. Exactly. <laughs> Not long after they split up, Ray comes face to face with Slimer. It's just a green ghost gobbling up all the food. Right, and this is their tribute to John Belushi. Wow. It's appropriate. It is. And it's not offensive at no. all. Especially because Dan Aykroyd and John Belushi were like brothers. Right. Dan Aykroyd tried to help Belushi, and it just was never going to take. Right. No matter what, it was never going to take. Yeah. It's also a tribute to his character in Animal House. Exactly. So. It's just, it's a great tribute when you think about it. Yeah. Like, this is so appropriate. It's a fitting character. And, and it turns out that he's by far the most famous ghost by a long shot. By a lot. Yeah. He's arguably. More famous than Winston. Yeah, he he, he might be. Which is a problem Which in is, itself. It's a problem in <laughs> And we, we will definitely get there, we too. We absolutely will. <laughs> Ray tries to shoot the ghost with his particle thrower, but Slimer disappears through the wall. And that's when Venkman finds Slimer. And he radios to the others that he's got an ugly little spud here that he's got to take care of. <laughs> right? And Slimer rushes him. I love Bill Murray acting. He's like, he's looking at me. <laughs> Ray finds Venkman lying on the floor, covered in ectoplasm, and asks him what happened. He slimed me! It's beautiful. So and good. I like how excited he is, because he's like, oh, sweet, we finally got physical contact. And he starts scraping him. Yeah. And I like how he like, radios Egon. And he's like, oh, great news! Great news! Venkman <laughs> got slimed! Oh, that's great news! <laughs> Egon's like, save me some. <laughs> I love how they just lean into this so yeah. hard. And Egon's also like, you guys should probably get down to the ballroom, too. <laughs> right. And when they get downstairs, Ray asks the hotel manager if he and his staff could wait outside the ballroom while they take care of everything. I like how this ballroom is all set up for this midnight dinner. Yep. This midnight buffet where the people are literally waiting outside the ballroom already. Right. Team goes in and locks the door behind them. (laughs) As you do. In the ballroom, they find Slimer floating up by a chandelier. They shoot at him, miss, and knock down the chandelier. So already... Not doing great. Problems for this midnight dinner. Well, yeah. And I like the hotel manager starting to pull on the door and right away calls over like an assistant. And the assistant just bolts off and just like has to yeah. get keys, I guess. Presumably. I guess. <laughs> Egon suddenly remembers the most important thing about their devices. Don't cross streams. <laughs> it could instantaneously stop life as you know it and cause every molecule in your body to explode at the speed of light. Seems like something you... Should probably bring up before you start using the thing. Yes. Well, they even said it's untested. Right. So they all take turns firing at Slimer. It's not going well. It is not working. Ray recognizes how to capture the ghost, but he needs more room. So Venkman and Egon throw some tables <laughs> they aside. Recklessly start throwing oh, man. tables. Venkman tries to do the the magic trick with the. Said he's always cloth. wanted to do it. It doesn't work. Nope. Because why would it? He said, the flower stayed up. <laughs> I love that line <laughs> because it's said off screen. It is so perfect. It's so good. The hotel manager hears all this commotion. He is panicking. Ray throws a trap. Venkman and Egon work together to lower Slimer into it, and they catch him. They do, and this trap is like smoking. They're like, holy crap, he's in there. We we actually did it. Right, so they come out the door right as the hotel man opens up. Like, we came, <laughs> we saw, we kicked its ass. <laughs> Venkman tells the hotel manager the price of the entrapment is $4,000, but they're running a special on proton charging and storage, so that'll only run him an extra $1,000. 5000 total. I won't pay it. So they threatened to put the ghost back. He's like, all right, all right, all right, I'll pay. <laughs> That's great. So good. That's the right move. That is the right move. Get paid for your services. Right. And then he kind of just gives them a bill and they're gone. And the they're Ghostbusters gone. are now a thing. It's it's official and it's also montage time. It sure is. 
The Ghostbusters are blowing up. Everybody is enlisting their services, and they're the talk of town. Yeah, and it makes me wonder where ghosts were before this happened. Just hanging out, I guess. I don't know. They didn't have the thrill of the chase. They just kind of hid. Yeah, they're like, all right, there's nobody out here busting us, so I guess (laughs) we're just going to stay hidden. Busting makes me feel good. Sure does. That's right. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, Ghostbusters, they're busy and they are tired. Enter Winston Zedmore, played by Ernie fucking Hudson. He's so good in this He's movie. Very good. For him coming in halfway through, yeah. he has some of the best lines in this movie. Absolutely does. And he tells he tells them for a steady paycheck, he'll believe in whatever you tell him. It's so good. Very good. Ray hires him on the spot. Literally walking through, he's just like, yeah, you're hired. It's great. It's phenomenal. And he gives him the traps, and he's like, all right. <laughs> Peter meets up with Dana to update her on the case. She happens to be with like a violinist. Right. Walking out of Lincoln Center. Yep. The team found out that Zul is an ancient demigod worshipped around 6,000 BC by the Hittites, Mesopotamians, and the Sumerians, and he was a minion of Gozer. I like how we have our big bad kind of introduced. Kind of. (laughs) Dana wants to know what Gozer is doing in her fridge. It's a great question. And Peter's like, we're we're working on that. Maybe we should go over it Thursday night, around 9-ish. Roughly. And she eventually gives in and agrees. She's she like, wants, she wants to go check out that fridge, and I get it. All right, fine. Back at the firehouse, Ray is showing Winston how to empty a trap into the containment unit, while Janine tells Venkman that a man from the EPA is in his office to see him. It's Walter Peck. It is. It's William fucking Atherton. He's so, so, so good. He's so good in that he's so, so bad. Like, he's evil. Like, he is proper evil. After this movie, people hated him. As a person, not as a character. They were like, this guy sucks. Hey, Dickless. <laughs> right. Would, school buses of children would yell Dickless at this man. Yeah, well, maybe don't be, no, can't be a dick. That defeat the purpose of being Dickless. Right. He's very bad. And he's, he's also very bad in the cinematic classic Biodome. He's even worse uh, as the news reporter in Die Hard, in Die Hard 2. That's absolutely correct. He and is. he actually reminds me of... The other dude in Die Hard, the salesy one, who I can never remember his name. Oh, yeah. Ellis. That's it. I knew it was a douche name. I knew Booby. it was a douche name. Exactly. <laughs> but I like here how Walter Peck comes in. He's like, Venkman, booby. Let's talk. <laughs> he wants to ask about their operations. Questions like, how many ghosts have you caught? Where do they go when they're captured? Are they stored on premises? Can I see your containment system and assess possible environmental impact? But- he doesn't use the magic word. No, he doesn't. So Vegman tells him no. And Peck says, I'll be back with a court order. That seems fair, actually. At that point, do what you want. Honestly, you follow yeah. the right laws of the land. Right. I don't think it's completely out of order for them to be like, no, you can't just go in and, and look at our, our shit. Right. I don't know who you are. You never technically flashed a badge. That's true. Do they have EPA badges? I don't know. I have to imagine that's like the most pathetic badge. I feel like even if somebody showed me a legitimate EPA badge, I'd still be like, is that real? It's probably like in the shape of a tree. And people be like, nah, dude, you got that from Hallmark. That's an ornament, brah. <laughs> that's not a badge. That's a, that's a kid's toy. That's, right. What are you, you took, a forest you ranger? You knocked off Get out the of Winnie the Pooh part of it where he's climbing it looking for honey. And you're just saying it's an EPA badge. Yeah. No, I'm I'm, part, I'm here with the, the EPA. It's, dude, no. No. <laughs> no. No. Next thing you do is try to, like, hawk a Hess truck on me or something. So you're like, dickless Christmas over here. 
with your weird EPA badge, that's definitely a Christmas ornament. The EPA's back and they're better than <laughs> ever. <laughs> In the basement, Egon reveals that he has found some unsettling findings. Because that's what you do, you find findings. That's correct, Brian. Yes, good wording. Thanks. He nailed it. The containment uni- <laughs> Look how flustered you are because you said finding I said findings. finding findings. The great part oh, is man. not written here. It doesn't just, have to be. Nope. I, just... I watched you look up at me and you went finding findings. Fuck. Yep. God yeah. damn it. <laughs> Those were just words that came out and then they, now they're there forever. Right. There's your little peek of how the sausage is made is Brian reading, sometimes forgetting he's reading. Finding findings. <laughs> the containment unit is getting full. And he suspects something big is coming. I don't know how it's full. I don't know how the system works because it really is just like a safe in the wall. Yeah. It's holding ghosts. But are they like in the wall? Maybe. Do they like live in there? Is there like a, a cool party going on behind there of just ghosts? Maybe. If you say like Slimer, 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 do you go into that realm and live there with all the cool ghosts? Maybe. Now that you have made? I don't know. Alec Baldwin? I didn't Alec Baldwin. <laughs> uh, it's possible. I could be. I see you're trying to connect universes here. I'm not connecting. They're the same. There you go. I don't. I don't know why you're giving that look. They're the same. If, I mean, all this movie needs is a weird miniature and like Amish bridges, and boom, that's it. And statues that are too tall. <laughs> oh god, they're so <laughs> tall. <laughs> how big is this thing that's coming? Well, I'm going to tell you how big. If a Twinkie represents the normal amount of psychokinetic energy in New York, the sample from this morning. Be a Twinkie that's 35 feet long and weighs 600 pounds. That's a big Twinkie. Do you know how many Twinkies it takes to get to 600 pounds? No, how many? Well, with the original recipe, 6,403 Twinkies. And but with in, the new one. In 2012, they redid it because they're going out of business. Because they're, they're like, monsters, yeah. We, we have to make these Twinkies smaller because we're losing money fast. <laughs> okay. So with the new Twinkies, today's Twinkies, 7,069 Twinkies. Damn! Nice. It is nice, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot of Twinkies. Or... That's a big Twinkie. That's a big Twinkie. Fucking Winston, kill him. Crushing it. Lightning strikes Dana's apartment building. Giant dog gargoyle statues on the roof start crumbling, revealing living terror dogs inside. Of course. Dana tries to sneak past Lewis's door, but he pops out and reminds her about his party. <laughs> and she's like, oh, I have a date. And he's like, oh, you, you planned a date for the day of my party? She's like, yeah, I kind of forgot. And he's like, that's all right, you can bring your date by. Because this guy... This guy's trying, and you want to know what? He's got an answer for everything. For everything. And then he realizes he's locked out of his it's apartment. so good. <laughs> Dana goes into her apartment and starts getting ready for her date with Venkman. Right. Whatever this is. And suddenly she's grabbed from behind as Zool the terror dog appears in her kitchen doorway, and her chair lurches forward toward the beast. It's not what you want. Ideally, she gets no. like grabbed by the hands and stuff that come out of her sofa too. It's pretty yeah. awesome looking. It's really cool. Yeah, and also terrifying. And one of those puppeteers in the arms definitely copped a feel. <laughs> like it bothers me every time I watch it now. Yeah, I'm just like, oh boy, that's boobage. Ugh. Yeah, I, that person went for it and and got it. Gross. They they landed. How dare you? I agree. Lewis's party is in full swing, and it's just as weird as you expect it to be. <laughs> It reminds me a lot of the cable guy, like that party with the karaoke machine. Oh, yeah. That's what this party reminds me of all the time. I can see, yeah. Or vice versa. Either way. Either way. Weird party. Weird party. 
He's so preoccupied with introducing his most recent arrivals to everyone that he fails to notice another one of the terror dogs is sitting in his bedroom. <laughs> Louis throws the jacket on, not even <laughs> noticing. So good. Rick Moranis asks his party, anyone want to play Parcheesi? Yeah, of course. And then there's a loud growl from the bedroom. And he says, okay, who brought the dog? I love how this dog just like bursts through the wall. And he's like, oh, that's my cue. <laughs> he bursts from the bedroom, chases Lewis through the apartment, the building, Central Park, and eventually catches up to him outside the tavern on the green. Yeah, it's wild. And I have a, an issue with this. It has always bothered me. It will forever bother me. Okay. When Lewis's back is up against the glass on Tavern on the Green, yeah. how he screams, he goes, ah! And I like how his back's up against it, and then he just kind of falls down, yeah. like slinks down, and then everyone carries on with their meal. Where's the dog? Where is the dog? It That's... has always bothered me. I, I get that. It's a big dog. You'd probably see You'd the dog. You'd see this dog, and I don't think the dog would be very gentle. No. With a Rick Moranis. <laughs> Definitely not. While this is happening, Vegman arrives for his date with Dana, only to find that there is no Dana. There is only, only Zool. Zool. AKA the gatekeeper. That's right. And, and she wants to know if he oh boy. is the key master. And he says, what? No. So she slams the door at his face. And then he knocks again. And he's like, actually, yeah, I'm the key master. And Zool is the horniest ghost you've ever met. That's right. She is now decked out in like this orange garb and there's yeah. legs on legs on legs. And she is, yep. Just going for it. Absolutely. Venkman has rules, more like guidelines, about getting involved with possessed people. I love Bill Murray's acting in this scene. I do too. Because he's not saying no. Right. Because he's trying to get information out of her doing his job. It's like, it's you weird. You do care. Yeah. It's like, that's interesting. This guy's got layers. Yeah. I like that Zul at one point is like, I want you inside me. He's like, oh, it seems like there's already too many people in there. <laughs> He asks to talk to Dana, but Zul won't relinquish control, and Dana's body starts to hover above the bed. Not what you want. That is the last thing you want, really. But also, kind of curious. Fair. Fair. Yeah. I know you're not supposed to. Right. Kind of curious. Hovering. Yeah. Hmm. Could be a thing. It could be a thing. You got to imagine that, like, Willy Wonka cleaned up on that eventually. Or Charlie did. Or any, or any fizzy lifting drinks or whatever it is. <laughs> Charlie did not. Charlie's still a virgin today because we've seen him. Yeah, well, he grew up in a chocolate factory. What do you. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> the things those poor Oompa Loopas have seen. Well, well, can you imagine bringing a lady back to the chocolate factory? Like, I mean, I feel like done? that's going to get you some points. That's going to seal any deal. All the deals. And she, especially if she signs the wall. Oh, forget it. What's that wall size? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I meant that the Oompa Loompas saw a lot of things happening in the self-help section. Also fair. Also <laughs> gross. Also very <laughs> gross. Yeah. R and Truckin. Lewis. Let's talk about Lewis again. Go, can we? Yeah. Please? <laughs> Let's move on immediately. He's now possessed by the other terror dog, Vin's Clore, though. And he declares himself the key master, and he's now seeking the gatekeeper. So now we know who's looking for who. Right. He sees a horse, and he thinks it's a key master. Which he, is great. It's he, just Rick Moranis talking to a goddamn horse. And it's perfect. It's the best. He tells the horse to wait for the sign. Then all the prisoners will be released. <laughs> and then he runs off, shouting at the carriage driver that humanity will perish in flames. As he runs through this patio furniture beautifully. <laughs> so good. Naturally, he gets picked up by the cops, and they drop him off at the Ghostbusters headquarters with Egon. And Lewis tells Egon all about the coming of Gozer. 
I like how they have this the this exposition machine now. Yeah. They don't really need to even read anymore. And it's like, we've arrived here. We know what's going on. And it's great because it's Rick Moranis. So everybody's just like on board, like, yes, tell me more. Yes, please. <laughs> All the screen time to that man. All of it. I want him to explain every movie to me forever. Can you imagine Rick Moranis and Michael Pena <gasps> doing a show together? No. I can't even imagine it. It's too much for me to handle. <laughs> That's fair. They'd like be talking over each other, I feel like, the whole time. Oh, yeah. Not sure if I want. I think it's too perfect. I think I would never want for anything for the rest of my life if everything I saw that. Everything would suck after that? Yeah. I'd be like, why, why yeah. am I even here anymore? That's pretty fair. There's no reason. That would be a lot like floating lady sex. Where yeah. Like, it would be, you're just like, this is Fizzy so lifting good. sex. Right. It's like, I, I actually can't get it up anymore unless they're floating. And, I, I, and I, the chocolate factory is closing down. They couldn't get through COVID. <laughs> I can't get up unless my whole body's up. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, uh, weird. It's a problem. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a fizzy lifting problem. <laughs> Venkman calls to tell Egon about Dana's possession. And he tells Egon that he's got the gatekeeper. And Egon's like, well, that's cool. I have a key master here. Boom. Venkman's like, oh, we should get these two together. And Egon's like, that sounds like a terrible idea. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Venkman leaves Dana asleep in her bed and, and goes to help Egon with Lewis. All right. I guess he just, you know, somebody gets possessed. Just leave her there. It's fine. It seems like the fine. right thing to do. While all of that's happening, Ray and Winston are making their way back to the firehouse in the Ecto-1. Ray remarks that the structural ironwork of Dana's apartment building is very <laughs> strange. And Winston is convinced that the end of days is upon them and recites Revelation 7.12. As you do. Because... Yeah. Because we realize we're this far in this movie, and we need to go somewhere. <laughs> so all the exposition. Everyone gets one. Everybody gets exposition. Ready? Go. Walter Peck returns to Ghostbusters headquarters with his court order to inspect their containment system. I look how he brings a guy from like the central grid along with him, too. He's yep. like, he knew what he was doing the whole time. That thing was getting shut down no matter what. It's happening. He demands Egon shut off the containment system, and Egon's like, hey- that's an even worse idea than than what this guy said earlier. Right, you about... should have been here for the exposition, man. You would understand. <laughs> this is bad. Your idea is worse than getting the gatekeeper and the keymaster together. Right, and the Twinkies? Man. And the Bible and the end of days? That's but... the problem. Walter Peck doesn't know about the giant Twinkie. It's true. Just explain the giant Twinkie. That's all it takes, man. Venkman arrives and tries to help, but his presence just irritates Peck even more, and he demands the system be shut down immediately. So they they shut it down, and a pink beam of psychokinetic energy bursts from the building's roof, and ghosts escape and take to the streets. And I like how Peck still thinks he's right. Yeah, and he's like, <laughs> nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> Told you guys this was not good. Ray and Winston show up, and, and Peck is like, all you guys are going to jail for being in criminal violation of the Environmental Protection Act. And through all the chaos, Lewis slips away. Which is good for him. Which is great for Lewis. Also, Dana awakens, and the entire wall of her apartment explodes, and she's totally okay with that. Not what you want, but you Um, know what? Great views. Unless you're Zool. And then you're like, hey, this is is perfect. Yeah. It's going to be really, really convenient for cameras to look at it later. This is what I want. Exactly. (laughs) The Ghostbusters are locked up. Luckily, the police let Ray keep the blueprints. I don't get it either. (laughs) Ray and Egon discuss the peculiar apartment building structure while all the other inmates gather <laughs> around. Very They're very interested in what's happening right. here. Ray explains to Vegman that the entire building is basically a superconductive antenna drawing in spiritual turbulence. It makes sense. Central Park West yep. is known for this. Everybody knows it. Right. 
Egon suggests that something terrible is on its way, because that that's the same line he's been saying the whole movie. Also right. And that the building is a door, so they need to get out of jail. Well, all right. Uh, cool. That's a, <laughs> it's a great plan. Let's get out of jail. More exposition. Luckily, Mayor Lenny wants to see the Ghostbusters on account of the entire city going crazy. Lenny Clotch. Lenny Clotch. Right. And he's like, yeah, get those Ghostbusters in here. Sir, they're in jail. I don't care. Get them in here. <laughs> it's, it's nice. I like when they go in there and they meet the mayor, and then right away, one of like the bishops comes in. Like, <laughs> yeah. And I like how Bill Murray's like calling him Michael. <laughs> like right to his face or whatever his name is. And I also like how Bill Murray's calling the mayor Lenny. Yeah. And the mayor's like, Lenny. Lenny. <laughs> Walter Peck is also there at the meeting, and he claims the Ghostbusters are swindling their customers with hallucinogenic nerve gas and then creating problems which only they can solve themselves. Right. And the only real thing that you need to say here is, how can you prove that? Yeah. Show me how. And then, like, even the the firefighters that are in the room are like, oh, the walls are bleeding at this precinct over here. Explain that. They're very good. That's how they do it. They're great uh, illusionists. They have lots of hallucinogen- hallucinogenic <laughs> nerve gas. Tons of it. Tons of it. It's everywhere. Ray claims that their system was fine until Dickless shut off their power grid. I like how the mayor, is that true? <laughs> Vegman, yeah, it is true. He has no dick. I love it. <laughs> it's one of the best lines ever. Yeah. Peter convinces the mayor that the city may be facing a disaster of biblical proportions. Now, when we're talking biblical proportions, we're talking Old Testament biblical, real wrath of God type stuff, (laughs) fire and brimstone coming from the skies, rivers and seas boiling, 40 years of darkness, earthquakes, volcanoes, the dead rising from their grave, human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, mass Mass hysteria. hysteria. Peck asks the mayor, are you buying any of this? And the mayor kicks him out of his office. He does. He says, get this guy, and he says... What do you need from me? Yeah. I like that he's a man of action. Yeah, I like Bill Murray. I'm going to miss him. Oh, it's such a good line. <laughs> it's one of those lines that, like, I say that often, and I forgot where I got it from. It's the throwaway lines that you usually do it with, man. Too, which is the best. So good. But yeah, man of action, what do you need? Lewis and Dana meet up, and Lewis is like, I'm the key master. And Dana's like, I'm the gatekeeper. And they kiss, and they head to the rooftop Temple of Gozer. Sure. Bam. That is how that happens. That's and, right. And if Lewis was conscious for this, he'd be so happy. He would love this. <laughs> he'd have a giant Twinkie. Oh, boy. <laughs> the Ghostbusters arrive at the apartment building with a full police escort surrounded by a crowd of onlookers. Which I don't know why you would want to be there. I don't either. It's like, this is where all the ghosts are. Yeah. Why? <laughs> don't go here. Why would you? I like Ambulance chasers are a thing, but now I guess we have... We have Ecto-1 chasers. No, this is like pre-cell phones, man. People aren't going to be filming this. They're just watching. Just go home. Yeah. Go anywhere so, but here. I want to I wanna be where the ghosts are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. That's something I didn't know I needed. Part of the Ghostbusters. They want to be a part of that world. That's the whole it's... idea why the ghosts are coming here. Yeah. So maybe the ghosts are singing it. Maybe. I don't know. But these people are just gathered around to get a glimpse at these famous Ghostbusters. Perfect. I'd watch. They seem awesome. They do seem really awesome. Especially Venkman. He's like just eating it up and he's he loves pandering it. to the crowd. And problem is that it's a very dangerous area because there's dark clouds around the building, lightning strikes the building, the street opens up and swallows a bunch of stuff. And oh yeah. It's just it's not mayhem. what you want. Especially get out of there. Go home. An innocent bystander. Just, right. 
Luckily, the, the team's okay. They, they crawl out of their hole in the street, and then they make their way to the building and have to climb 22 stories to get to Dana's apartment. I love how <laughs> you see them climbing the stairs, and it's like, oh, let me know when we get to the 20s. I'm going to throw up. Like, that's too real. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Absolutely. Meanwhile, Dana and Lewis are on the roof at an altar, summoning Gozer. The Ghostbusters arrive just as Dana and Lewis morph back into the terror dogs. Yep. As Zool and the other one. The other one. Vince. Vincent. I don't know. I call him Vincent. I like it. Just easier. Vincent Goff. Enter Gozer, played by Slavica Jovan. Famously. And voiced by Patty Edwards. <laughs> Even more famous. <laughs> <laughs> Ray introduces himself as the duly designated representative of the city, county, and state of New York and orders Gozer to cease any and all supernatural activity <laughs> and return forthwith to its place of origin or the nearest convenient parallel dimension. Bill Murray's reaction here is one of the most perfect ever. Ah, you, good job, Ray. You got her. <laughs> you got good her. job. <laughs> Gozer asks Ray if he's a god. And Ray says no. And Gozer zaps them all with purple lightning, nearly knocking them off the roof. Die! <laughs> so good. And of course, Winston tells Ray, if someone asks you if you're a god, you say yes. Another great line from Winston. Winston has great lines. The team recovers, and they all fire their particle throwers at Gozer, and she vanishes. They start to celebrate. And then <laughs> that seems premature. <laughs> and then Egon looks at his gamma ray meter and goes, uh, I think something bad is coming because he always knows something bad coming. That's right. From his meter thing that I love that prop so much. It's so good. Because they always hide it whenever it goes up, like on the sides. And you know, it's just Harold Ramis just moving his thumb moving up. His and thumb. it's such a simple prop and it's so effective. I love it. It works. The disembodied voice of Gozer tells them to choose and perish. Choose a destroyer. Yeah. Which is, you know what, fair, actually. It's great. very fair. Hey, you guys, you're about to get killed. Who do you want to get killed by? Venkman says, everyone clear your heads. Yeah. Just clear your heads. Nothing will get us. Right. She can't. I don't know how long he's expecting this to last for. forever. Yeah. Oh, just never think of anything ever again. Nope. Be blank-minded for forever. This thing isn't like a tracing a call. (laughs) Like, keep on the line for 20 seconds. Keep your mind blank for 20 seconds. Its vision is based on sight. If we don't move. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but it's too late because Ray is already thinking it's about- It's very quick, too, how too late oh, it becomes. Oh, man. It's, it's so quick. It's an instant too late. Yep. Ray is already thinking about the most harmless thing he can think of, the animated mascot for the Stay Puffed Marshmallows. It's a Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man. It's a Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man. And I like how innocently he's like, well, we used to toast him by the fire when we were younger. Yeah, Camp Wakanda. It's so good. It's such a great, it's great everything. He's like, there's no way that the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man could ever hurt me. Well, the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man is now stomping his way through Manhattan. Yeah, it's a 100-foot-tall Stay Puft Marshmallow Man who is destroying the city. It is such an effective special effect. Absolutely. Because it's just a guy in a suit. Of course it is. Stomping his way through miniatures. And oh boy, does it look good. Oh yeah, it's very believable. And it's adorable. Yes. And terrifying? And terrifying. It's the perfect combination. It really is perfect. It's everything I'm looking for. In what? In everything. <laughs> what does that mean? Beauty and terror, man. That's <laughs> I feel like if you saw the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man on Tinder. That's a swipe up. What's that mean? That's like a super like. Now I'm terrified. <laughs> because my picture on Facebook has been the Stay Puff Marshmallow oh, Man no. for years. <laughs> I didn't know that that was the segue you were going for there. It wasn't. And now I feel weird. It wasn't. Now I'm scared because I wasn't thinking ahead. Neither was I. (laughs) If you ever ask me to go to the library with you, (laughs) I'm going to be scared. It's okay. I have Google. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) Dewey and his 
hot decimals. <laughs> you know, those those decimals weren't that dewy before I got here. Ew. <laughs> That's so gross. That's the worst thing I've ever said, I think. That's worse than moist. <laughs> Dewey. Gross. <laughs> Unless we're talking about Dewey Cox. You're no. Never make oh, it that's Dewey. awful, too. Why? <laughs> gross. The team fires at the giant mascot and only manages to light him on fire. So now there's a 100-foot flaming marshmallow man. Yeah, but man. that's pretty good for a marshmallow. That you can give time to. I guess. I mean, you still have a 100-foot flaming marshmallow man tearing apart New York City. Just one building at this point. That's right. He's climbing the apartment building, coming for the Ghostbusters. Right. He's on fire. He is, but that's like the ideal state for a bad marshmallow man, is to put him on fire because you're just like, yeah, he's just going to melt off eventually and just fall and be useless and taste gross. I'll still eat it. (laughs) (laughs) You're saying you've never accidentally overcooked something over a campfire and you're just like, Fuck it. When did I say that? I just, your look assumed like you were all hoity-toity, like, no, I'm perfect when I make them s'mores. Oh, no. S'mores. Let me tell you about my perfect technique for roasting marshmallows. <laughs> Toasting marshmallows sometimes, too. I roast and toast. Don't judge. That just sounded like a pitch man <laughs> for some garbage product that you could hawk. The roasting and toasting. The marshmallower. What? That's not a name that anyone will buy. That is- What? It's no worse than- It makes mar- it sound like you're going to marshmallow something. Like, you're just going to create- this beautiful, beautiful cylinder of just sugar. Sure. How is that any different from like a toaster? All it does is make toast. I suppose that's true. <laughs> or a rice cooker. All it does is cook rice. It's <laughs> a very good point. Yeah. You might be onto something with your marshmallower. It's just really just a cool stick. It'd be better if I just <laughs> called it the mallower. Ah, uh, yeah, you could do that, I guess. It's still in R and D. We'll get there. We'll get there. Look on our site. Coming soon. Super stuff store. The Roasty Toasty Mallower. <laughs> oh, good. More names. They're added to this. Good. Real good. No, Roasty and Toasty are just ways to describe it. Egon has and an for idea. for those reasons, I'm out. Yeah, that's that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine bringing that to Shark Tank? No. I can see Cubans like, it's a fucking stick, Brian. <laughs> And you turned to me. He knows my name. I did it. That's all I wanted. I just wanted that sound clip. That's it. I can still see Robert going, I don't get it. But, but my kids, they're going to love it. They're going to love it. It's like rock and roll in the 1950s. It's great because I can still put like a ton of Instagram ads out and be like, as seen on Shark Tank. Right. Even though it didn't get bought. It's just It a was stick. on Shark Tank. Right. <laughs> one of those things like you have all those like purses or whatever that are made by army wives and here it's just like you can recruit old people to whittle sticks for you yep (laughs) (laughs) the marshmallower it's just a pointy stick you brilliant lazy bastard (laughs) egon is also a brilliant bastard he is he's got an idea a radical idea but an idea nonetheless they need to cross streams I thought you said never to cross the stream. Yeah, well, there's a very slim chance that we might survive. All right, I'm in. I love that Venkman is like, I love this plan, and I'm proud to be a part of it. <laughs> he is an interesting character because he realizes, like, yeah, we have nothing at this right, point. We right. are. This is all we got. Yeah, we I might as well go for it. All in. They run to the Temple of Gozer and one by one begin firing on the temple, making sure to cross the streams. Right. The temple explodes, and the Ghostbusters run away screaming. But the explosion hits the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man, who bursts into globs of marshmallow fluff and 
covers everybody. Everybody starts falling down to earth. That's not what you want. It's, it's not what you want. But then the roof explodes where they are also. and <laughs> Yep. That's not what you want either. Nope. There's a lot of things you don't want. Just everything is exploding. Right. But the people that are downtown, very far away, they're like, oh, well, this is what I want. You know, the sun's going to come back <laughs> out. But these onlookers are like, no, this is. Why should we have been here? follow them? This was dumb. But now they're like covered in delicious mallet. Oh, man. The whole city smells like s'mores. Instead of piss. Right. New York in the 80s. New York, the, the city that smells like s'mores. That's what <laughs> <Right>. they say. <laughs> the terror dogs revert back to their statue form, but Dana and Lewis are safe inside the statues. Which is good for them. Good for He's lucky. <laughs> You're not mallowed, just like Bill Murray. Just like Bill Murray, and also just like Sigourney Weaver in, in the next scene, even though she was inside the statue. Right. She now has a little bit of mallow on her. It is complicated. But the team breaks out the captives of these statues, and Lewis asks them who does their taxes. Why isn't Bill Murray covered? You I don't know. Like in his contract, he's like, I got slimed twice, man. Yeah, it's probably good. it. He's like, yeah, you know what? No, pass. Yeah. I'm, I'm the not one to big league someone, but... I am Bill Murray. Maybe no marshmallow on me. A little bit of marshmallow. Okay. Don't cover me. Don't do it. Save that for Aykroyd. They hit him hard. They did. <laughs> Dana and Venkman share a kiss, so somehow- I guess it's cool now. Somehow he gets the girl, and then all of them climb into the Ecto-1, except for Lewis, and they drive off into the sunset as Slimer flies directly into the camera. And that is the masterpiece that is Ghostbusters from 1984, directed by the Ivan fucking Reitman. Absolutely. This movie's- it's so perfect, except for when it isn't, but it's so perfect. Agreed. I think it's the best way to put it. There's holes. You can point them out if you want, if you're an asshole. It's true. But <laughs> this one's so good, man. Why would you want to? I don't know. It's so enjoyable, and it's... it holds up so damn well. It really does, especially as a pre-Jurassic Park movie that has of CGI special effects. Exactly. That... This movie was considered a massive, massive risk to do. Oh, because yeah. Because it is a comedy, but it is a big budget comedy for the time. This is a $30 million budget. Yeah. It cleaned up because it did gross $296 million worldwide. Whoo! Big money. It is. And the studios even looked at it like, so Animal House we gave like no money to, and Caddyshack we gave like no money to, and Blues Brothers we gave like no money to. Yeah. So here's all the money. Don't screw this up for forever. <laughs> <laughs> this is all resting on your shoulders. Right. Do a good job. And they did. They did. They killed it, man. They absolutely did. The movie looks amazing. It does. And it's written so well. It really is. I can't wait to do the either super stuff score or not so super. I don't know what that's we're doing a, That's yet. a good question. I don't know. Yeah. Because there are comic books for this. There are. They exist. So your pick wasn't that out of left field. Not that out of left field. All right. Speaking of left field and segues, Rotten Tomatoes. Hey. I'll pull that out of left field. What do you think? <laughs> 100. 89. Yeah, 97. You were close. Wow. Yeah, it's through the roof. Yeah. <laughs> Put it lightly. As it should be. As it should be. Uh, too low, arguably. <laughs> Audience score is 88, though, so you're kind of close there. All right, yeah. Roger Ebert did see this movie. Gave it a three and a half out of four. Okay. Which was surprising. Yeah. When I read it. He says, Ghostbusters is a head-on collision between two comic approaches that have rarely worked together very successfully. This time, they do. It's, one, a special effects blockbuster, and two, a sly dialogue movie in which everybody talks to each other like smart graduate students who are in on the joke. 
Is that what it was? I don't know. I just kind of took it as like a, a new age of comedy. Yeah. Coming to fruition here. Coming to the next progression of films, which would be a big budget special effects type film. Right. Because you do get this as it goes along, like big special effects comedies. Even when you look at the stuff that like Seth Rogen and James Franco do later on yeah. with like This is the End. Like Absolutely. The CGI in that is insane. Yeah. But we had to start somewhere. Right. And I do think that this was allowing comedy to enter that realm. Definitely. He goes on to say, this movie is an exception to the general rule that big special effects can wreck a comedy, which I don't know if they even really tried what? it before that. Yeah. Special effects require painstaking detail work. Comedy requires spontaneity and improvisation, or at least that's what it should feel like, no matter how much work has gone into it. That's true. It is true. And this movie does feel very spontaneous. Well, yeah, uh, a lot of it was. Yeah, so. <laughs> that's a very good point. The last thing he says is Ghostbusters is one of those rare movies where the original fragile comic vision has survived a multi-million dollar production. He's very hooked on the money. Yeah. It is not a complete vindication for big budget comedies, since it's still true, as a general rule, that the more you spend, the fewer laughs you get, which I don't understand how that works at all. Maybe at the time that might have been a thing, but I... I, I don't, don't know. see it anymore. I don't see any correlation. Sure. I think talent is talent. Yeah, I agree. He finished by saying, but it uses its money wisely. He's hooked on his money. And when that um, monster marches down a Manhattan Avenue and climbs the side of a skyscraper, we're glad they spent the money for the special effects because it gets one of the biggest laughs in a long time. Yeah. I yeah, don't think it's like true. a laugh. No, I think I don't think it's him climbing the skyscraper that's so much the laugh. It's just the, the appearance idea, of the, the thought of this giant, giant monster. marshmallow. Yeah. yeah. He's very hooked on the money. I, he is. But I don't understand why big money has to dilute like, yeah, that's, the laughs. That's weird to that me. That is a weird thing I mean, to say. Maybe just because it's an unprecedented thing that a, a comedy movie gets this kind of budget. He's not used to it. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, I get it was new. I get it was like a whole new yeah. thing that was happening here. So We were getting introduced to the big budget sci-fi right. comedy. Right. So, I don't know. I don't know. It's a weird review that doesn't age terribly well, but also it's a sign of the times, for sure. Absolutely. Just like Bill Murray's creepiness. Yeah. In and, this movie. <laughs> and Roger Ebert's jaw. Exactly. Sign of the times. On Amazon.com, this thing's got a 4.8 out of 5. It's got 16,000 reviews. Wow. 85% of them are five star. Only 1% are one star, as it should be. That's exactly how it should be. I only got two reviews. <laughs> All right. First one I have is from February 14th, 2015. Okay. So Valentine's of, yeah, Day. Instead of being out with a lady or whatever. Instead, they're going to write, title, title misleading. <laughs> Review. I really enjoyed the film Ghostbusters 2. I figured <laughs> with the similar title, this would also be enjoyable. I was gravely mistaken. <laughs> this is a lunatic. <laughs> This person is like, I really like Ghostbusters too. Maybe I should see if there are other Ghostbusters movies. <laughs> right. <laughs> this one doesn't have a number, which means it clearly came afterwards. Right. Uh, because obviously, what? I don't know. What? And then we're like, this is nothing like Ghostbusters too. And I feel like that's mistaken also. <laughs> I can see this one going like, wait, so you're saying that Peter and Dana are together? So this is like the prequel to Ghostbusters 2. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. I have so many questions. Time doesn't matter sometimes. <laughs> That's so bizarre. I felt like with a similar title, it would probably be like that movie. Yeah. But... Well, fooled me, I guess. <laughs> the last one I have is from August 13th, 2019. Title, not very good. Uh-oh. Review. The musical aspect of this movie got old and boring. 
great acting and not that great of a voice. What is happening? Nothing too, quote unquote, revealing as it seems to be the basic obvious points of Elton John's life anyone could have read in the papers. <laughs> Boring and too long. Here's what I have to say about that review. I think they missed the point of Rocket Man. I think they did too. <laughs> wow. Mind blowing. That's I don't even know how that happens. I don't know how but you I'm possibly mistake Ghostbusters so and Rocket happy. Man. <laughs> so happy but right they've now. They've done it. And they've done it beautifully. Uh, I also don't think Rocket Man deserves a one, but that's a different time. We'll get there. Maybe. Question mark? I don't know. It's like a it's like a dot 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 question mark. And boy do I hope there's a Ghostbusters one star <laughs> in Rocket Man. <laughs> oh, that would be beautiful. Just a misplaced review. <laughs> Ah, uh, let's give this thing a, let's call it a super stuff. Let's call it that, because we're not going to do it immediately anyway. And now for another edition of the Cape Podcasters, Yeta. That was my gozer. Oh, I liked it. Yeah. It was really good. I thought I nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> it's really just, get raspy. Do you know that day. they almost had Paul Rubens as gozer? No. <laughs> Really? That would have been wild. Distracting. Absolutely. Very distracting. Are you a god? <laughs> I like that you just assume he's going full peewee. Of course he is. Naturally. <laughs> For this special birthday edition of the Cape Podcasters Theater, uh, there's nothing birthday about it. I don't know why I let it that way, but Keaton Patty forced a bot to watch a thousand hours of Ghost Hunters. Oh, that's fantastic. Seems appropriate. Yeah. And ask it to write an episode of Ghost Hunters of its own, and here is the first page. I'm going to be doing the narration and the part of Ghost Hunter 1, and Dave, you're going to be doing the Lighthouse Keeper and Ghost Hunter number 2. My dream come true. I'm finally Lighthouse Keeper and Ghost Hunter number (laughs) 2. Dream come true. Dream casting. Ghost Hunters. Interior. Lighthouse. A Lighthouse Keeper yells with the Ghost Hunters. They are ghost paparazzi, taking photos of the dead for a living. I am the lighthouse, but lately, feel like I keep the ghost house. I will not jump to conclusion, but you reside in Hell's dump bathroom. (laughs) Religiously unfair. I'm a cataholic. (laughs) A light flickers in the house. That is a light. Oh, oh, bad lighting means a ghost is near and investing in shares of scares. Economics is witchcraft. Spirit, we are not your enemy. We are in love with you. I do not love the ghost. Make that clearly known. I love making boats not crash too much. A window salami's shut. Only, <laughs> only a ghost would be rude to windows. You must lie and love the ghost or else it will curse you some cancer. No, I hate the ghost. I hate spooky spookers. I hate poltergeists. <laughs> the lighted house shakes. Pots and pans fall all over. No way! Those belong to my food! We must fight back or we'll die and become ghosts, the things we love. The ghost hunters dunk their fists in holy water. They punch where they think the ghosts are. (laughs) An olden telephone howls a ring. Screams! That phone can't work! It was murdered days ago! Ghoul phone! Ghost hunters look worried. They've never punched a phone. (laughs) Uh, Ghost hunting's silly. It really is, and... Man, I don't know how he comes up with this stuff. I don't but know it's either. Brilliant. But it also addresses our weird, do you photograph a ghost theory? That right. We don't know. We don't know. And it seems like the ghosts can take ghost pictures. But can we take ghost pictures? I don't know. 
that there's so many questions about ghost photography. So many. <laughs> Let's give this thing a super stuff score. Should we go super stuff or not so super stuff on this? I keep saying super stuff, but it feels kind of more appropriate to go the not so super route just because there's comics yeah but they're not like widely known or anything like that no and i think they're adapted post movie so i think you're right i think this one probably needs to go not so super yeah Yeah. which is going to be fun i agree let's start off with story and motivation one yeah it's a comeback tale of these scientists who are displaced right and then turned into real scientists that are bullshit ones by those bastards at columbia right (laughs) famous bastards at columbia i'm gonna go one one I like it. Protagonist. It's the Ghostbusters. It's the Ghostbusters. They got to save the city and mankind, they, but mostly just the city. Mostly just the city. <laughs> but who knows what could happen after the city falls. Right. That marshmallow could be like, hey, I want the world. And you know what? And I'm tempted to give it to him. Our great marshmallow ruler. That's, that's true. <laughs> I'm going to go one. Yeah. Point five. Oh, there it is. Yeah, I, I thought about it a little bit harder. Okay, yeah. They're so iconic as heroes now. Like, it's crazy. They absolutely are. All right, fine. Even Winston, who's barely in this movie. Even Winston, <laughs> who's barely in the movie, and he's not Eddie Murphy. Also true. <laughs> Who the part was originally written for and then cut down, but that's a, that's a whole other thing. That's a whole other story. Antagonist. Gozer, I guess? Gozer. Zool. And let's let's not forget Walter Peck, Dickless. You know what? For a man without a dick, he's awfully threatening. He sure is. He for a man without a dick, he sure is a dick. <laughs> That's right. Ha. Huh? Uh I'm gonna go point seven five, just because the gozer thing is kind of shoehorned in there at the end. I agree. And it works, but I agree. Point seven five. Point seven five. There's always a threat, but we're never quite sure what it is. And right. then when we do find out what it is, you're like, That's it. That's it. <laughs> but then there is also a giant marshmallow man. Which is awesome. Which is awesome. A great visual, so I think if point, not easy to destroy. 0.75 is, right. is probably the right place for it. Female characters. Dana's tricky. Dana is tricky. Because she is strong, but she gives in kind of willfully. And yeah. this goes along. Like She's never truly against it, I don't think. Yeah. But then also Annie Potts very much wants that Egon. She does. For sure. I'm going to go 0.25. I think that's appropriate. And even that might be generous. But, I think it's but a dirty 0.25. We're going to allow it because it's Ghostbusters. Right, exactly. <laughs> Setting. This is so New York. It's incredibly it's New, York. New York. There are so many iconic places in this movie and a lot of stolen shots. There are so many stolen shots. <laughs> I'm going to go two. I think two is appropriate. This is like one of the most New York movies we've talked about. It's way up there. That brings us to style and tone. This thing's revolutionary. Absolutely it is. what it did for just the comedy genre. And that seems to be the, the biggest takeaway from this. Yeah. I'm going to go 2-5. Two 2-5. Five. Two five. You're I'm, not even arguing I'm not, any of this I'm stuff not, right now. I have no reason to. Fair enough. I mean, All right. you're kind of crushing the score right now. Director. Ivan fucking Reitman. The Ivan fucking Reitman. He does a lot of very fun things in this movie. He does. And he also lets the actors play. He does. Because from what I read, barely any of this movie is what was scripted. Which is amazing to me. Which is phenomenally- And that says something. Insane, actually. Yeah. <laughs> and not to mention the visuals that he sets up and the way he sets up the city, I think, is beautiful. Oh, yeah. I'm going to go two. Two. He's a comedy legend. He's a comedy genius. 
Absolutely. I mean, who could forget? No strings attached. That's a fact, Jack. Ashton Kutcher and Natalie Portman. He directed not the hell out of them. Stripes to knock that one out of there. Honestly, not even joking. It's a good movie. I'm not going to find out. <laughs> Yet. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> Music. Ray Parker Jr. Yeah. And Elmer Bernstein, but and more Elmer importantly, Bernstein, but Ray Parker Jr. Ray Parker Jr., who got sued by Huey Lewis in the news because they were like, that's very similar to I want a new drug. And then everybody was like, no, it's not. You're just butthurt because they asked you to do the song first. You said no. <laughs> right. But then he kind of got his payback a year later with Back to the Future. Yeah. Well, that's the power of love. That's right. <laughs> it's a hell of a song. It's an iconic song. It is. It was nominated for Best Original Song at the 57th Academy Awards. Yeah. It also was the number one hit on the U.S. charts for three weeks. Which is nuts. It's crazy for it. You know how I like my my movies with their theme songs. So. It's amazing. And it does bring up a Facebook question that we have. Oh. Italo Jr. Campania wants to know, who are you going to call? Ghost Smashers. Oh, you I mean. Son of a bitch. <laughs> How dare you? It was almost the name of the movie. Almost, and I'm glad it wasn't. Yeah. Ghostbusters. Two. Yeah, absolutely. Completely iconic music. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. Two. One-liners. Oh, geez. Yeah, where do you want to start? I don't know, and it's one of those things that you had so many one-liners before Winston got there. Yeah. And then Winston shows up, and he starts dropping these bangers, like, that's one big Twinkie. Is, and I've yeah. seen shit that'll turn you white, which is <laughs> one of my favorite <laughs> oh, lines of the whole so movie. so good. He says that to the white mare. <laughs> I love it. There's uh, so many. Cats and dogs living together. Mass hysteria. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm going to miss him. <laughs> Two. I don't two. even- I don't even- I, I could quote the whole movie. We could. We could. Absolutely. And it's just easier to say two. And point. really, every single one of Bill Murray's lines, because- That's all he did. He, he ad-libbed every line. Which is amazing. Just about. And the final category, which is, wow, okay. <laughs> Impact on the industry. Let's start at three. I think we can't go above three. Okay, I'll end at three. All right. Now, if you're not a part of our Patreon, <laughs> you might not you might not realize that we often do this kind of thing with a not-so-super-sub score where we just break the hell out of the, the scale. Yeah, and, but we always have a reason for it. Right. This is a big one, Dave. Yeah, I'd imagine this might be the biggest. It's not. Fair enough. It is definitely by far the biggest we've ever done in the main channel, though. All right. <laughs> We're looking at Ghostbusters from 1984 with a total not-so-super-stuff score. Too low. Too low. Oh, you didn't say it yet. Sorry. Of 17. Yeah, too low. Also, <laughs> my lucky number. So, boom. Happy wow, birthday Happy birthday. You did it. That's wild. Yeah, I'm okay with it. I, All uh, around. Honestly, it's sitting okay with me, and that's a little taste of what happens over on Patreon. Yep. So. <laughs> they sometimes get a little ridiculous. Again, not our highest. No, believe it or not, <laughs> there are things higher. Damn it, I love Ghostbusters. It's so good. It really is so good. And I guess I got to ask you, what are we talking about next week? Next week, we're sticking with our pal Elmer Bernstein for sure. All right. Because not enough of him yet. Nope, never and will be. I actually think Ivan Reitman might be a producer on this movie too. Okay. We're talking about heavy metal. It's been one that's been requested a ton, it, to put it really lightly. It's definitely been asked for. Yep. And you know what? It is about time. It is. It's past due, probably. And it also happens to be landing on uh, 419. So, you know, do with that information what you will. Close enough. 
It's yep. Uh, should be fun. Have you ever seen it? I've never seen Me it. Me neither. This is so. going to be a good one for fresh eyes. I think. I hope. I, I hope. So. I don't know. This could be. This could go any number of ways. It could be another Toxic Avenger. It could be another Zoom. <laughs> Who's to say? <laughs> We're going to find out the hard way. Until then, be sure to rate, review, subscribe on whichever podcast platform you enjoy most, or maybe the ones you hate too. Just give us five stars wherever you go. Wherever you go. Leave a, a trail of breadcrumbs. See if we can find you. That's a good challenge. Internet breadcrumbs. Yeah. All right. <laughs> like and follow us on our assorted social media at Kate Podcasters. Again, our Patreon. This month we're doing Forrest Gump. Tune into that and uh, all of our other not-so-super movies. Stay tuned later this week for more Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Just keeps coming, man. We're almost wrapped up with the season, but we're Which not is yet. Wild to even think about because it feels like it just started. We're getting we're getting real close to the end. Oh yeah. So, and if you have anything you want to ask us or tell us, you send it to katepodcasters at gmail.com or on our Facebook wall. That's right. Every single day we're about to record, I put out that post saying, "Hey, give me some questions, whatever you want about the show, about the movie, yeah. whatever you want." We have read a couple already. Still got a couple to go. All right. Reed Peter wants to know, at what age would you allow a child to watch this? That's a good question. I got a three-year-old and a one-year-old. I'll show it to each of them, and we'll see how it goes. We'll experiment with the children <laughs> that are three right young. or is one right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't have kids, so I, I don't know, but... Uh, I watched this really young. I feel like, same. Probably too young? Maybe. I don't know. I feel like the scary parts aren't as scary as, as you think they are. For They're a kid. very few and far between. Exactly. But there's also a lot of stuff that's just going to be way over their head. Exactly. I think like six, you're fine. All right. There it is. That's, we have to go find a six-year-old. That's coming from me. I don't have kids. And so. put them in our movie van <laughs> and show them Ghostbusters and see Don't tell people about our go. movie van for six-year-olds. <laughs> <laughs> you see the Cape Podcasters movie van's rolling to your town. <laughs> uh. And the last question we have... Is of course from the Ginger Skull himself. Oh boy. Dave Novak, he says, Hi guys, first time, long time. Several questions for you. <laughs> Several questions? Are ghost infestations covered with renter's insurance? Oh, you know what? Maybe. Any excuse to get J.K. fucking Simmons on my TV screen. Bum ba up, bum bum bum. We've seen that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in. I love Absolutely. it. Absolutely. A J.K. Simmons vehicle or selling ghost insurance. Done. I'm We've in. Done it. He also asks, oh. what happens when a historic building is knocked down? Do the ghosts that were haunting it just haunt the new building? Is the ghost of Typhoid Mary lingering about the aisles of a Dwayne Reed? <laughs> <laughs> he can't even keep his Facebook messages concise? No, never. Uh, yeah, I think they just hang out, right? That seems fair. It seems like they haunt the space. Yeah. Isn't there like a whole thing about building houses on Indian burial grounds and that being a bad thing? Yeah, yeah. a poltergeisha. Exactly. As Keen Patty said. <laughs> I think that's, yeah, they, they haunt the vicinity immediately above where they're buried. Right. Allegedly. Allegedly. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I've never asked. Or them. a place they loved while they were alive. A but Dwayne Reed. The physical space <laughs> that it was in, not the actual sure. place. I don't know. Right. The transitive property of... I got nothing. I got nothing either. I want to say thanks for the question, but great, I don't mean it. Great question, I think. <laughs> <laughs> That's all we got oh, for this week. I thought he had more. No, thank God. No, no, no. <laughs> you got anything else? I have nothing else except happy birthday. Thank you, buddy. We'll see you guys next week for Heavy Metal. Same pod time. There is no pod. There is only Zool.